0: Yes, That you don't know anybody yet? I want you to know somebody. I want to know you. I want to protect you from Debbie Chesney. I, 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 <laughs> you might need me. Um, okay, so I'm going to... Oh, thank you. Uh, I, I have the it. large print. Thank you, Caroline. The large print so I can see it today. I'm going to read a scripture uh, before Ashley speaks, and then we'll pray for Ashley very quickly. This is John 17... Hey, In the back. It's my fault. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I have no doubt about who's responsible. John 17, 20 through 23. Uh, we have referenced John 17 before because it's sort of the guiding uh, scripture for one, this place that we are in. It's the prayer Jesus prayed. It's when we hear Jesus pray what's on his heart to the Father. And uh, so let me read John 17, 20 through 23. Thank you. He's praying for his disciples and then he switches and he prays for us. I ask not only for these disciples, but also for all those who will one day believe in me through their message. I pray for them to all be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognize that you sent me. For the very glory you have given to me, I have given them, us, so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. You, Father, live fully in me, and now I live fully in them so that they will experience perfect unity. And the world will be convinced that you have sent me, for they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. This Father, I bless Ashley. This is her birthday week, and she's a gift to us. And all that uh, song about new wine, I thought of Ashley, how she has over and over said to the Lord, I give you permission. I surrender. I surrender to you. We thank you that she is a wineskin for new wine. And that you pour out through her to us today and in the days and weeks and months and years to come. We bless the gift that she is. We bless the gift that is within her. We bless you, Ashley. You are a friend of God. And you are a friend of ours. We love you. Amen. Amen.
1: Am I on? Okay. Thank you. That was really sweet. I, I think about um, last year ending up in the hospital on my birthday. Ooh, so grateful to be alive. Um, <laughs> wow. That kind of kind of caught me off guard. <clears throat> anyway. Um, good morning. I hope everyone is in a good mood this morning. I'm going to speak for a little bit and then we. <laughs> down in the front. Yeah. Then we actually have a, a surprise um, afterwards instead of an activation today. We've got a little bit of a surprise that I'm, I'm probably more excited about than, than I am getting through this message. Although I do think this message is, is really critical and it, it is one of the keys to, to hearing. I think it is the key to hearing the voice of God. But um, uh, a couple of weeks ago I was down at Blueprint Ministries. anyone familiar with Blueprint Ministries here in town? They do a lot for the elderly and the disabled in the low-income zip codes of San Antonio. They go and do home repairs. And I was listening to Leighton, the young man that runs Blueprint, who's probably about 30. And he was, we had asked him, you know, well, how did you get to be in charge of Blueprint? He's super—he's really young. He's got young kids. And, and he began to talk about his life in Wisconsin and how he'd always known that he wanted to serve and he was a teenager, and he always knew that he wanted to serve, and he ended up coming down to San Antonio for like a, I think it was a Bible college of some sort, and, and landed uh, with Blueprint. And I remember sitting there thinking, wow, when I was his age, I did not have a heart to serve. <laughs> like, that was not the posture of my heart. My heart was to be served by the world. And then the Lord and I just began to flush out this whole message because I believe we do take either one of those places. It's either I have a heart to serve or I have a heart to be served. And I didn't develop a heart to serve until I was in my 30s. And um, many people will come to any type of uh, Bible study or Sunday school or even a church service. And the biggest question that's going to be on their heart is how do I hear the voice of God? And, and one, I want you to know that we can all hear him. He made us, so he made us, he wired us to hear him. But what we focus on are the characteristics of his voice versus the condition of our hearts. And the two work simultaneously. We know his voice is a still, a small voice. We know that his voice will always reflect scripture. I mean, I can go down the laundry list, but what we don't include in that That teaching or that activation is the condition of our hearts will determine whether or not we're able to receive. It's kind of like making a phone call without a phone. I can tell you how to make the phone call. I can tell you the number. I can tell you the way to to pick it up, to hold it, to to even listen. But if you don't have a phone, if you don't have a conduit, in other words, to make the phone call, you can't hear. And so... um, the question really became to me was, do I have a listening heart or do I have a calloused heart? A calloused heart, by the calloused heart I mean is one that is thickened and hardened over time due to the wounds and life circumstances we've experienced. And the way that I, that I, I want to illustrate this or the place that really the starting point is I, I want to start with probably the most popular guy in the, the Bible would be Judas. And I'm being <laughs> facetious. Judas, the betrayer of Jesus, the one doomed for destruction, the Lord and I I began to look at this because the Lord brought it to my attention and I thought, wow, you know, I don't think Judas as a child grew up thinking I want to betray God's son. And I think on this side of where we are, it's so easy for us to judge him and be like, wow, what an idiot. Like, oh, how could you? How could you? Jude, Judas was a, a history on him, which some of, I think most of y'all would know. But if you don't, a disciple of Jesus, he was in charge of Jesus' treasury. So he was promoted. Sometimes I believe God promotes us, not for the promotion itself, but to highlight what's actually on the inside of us. Um, so be careful what you wish for. I think promotion is... Um, More about what's on the inside than it is on what's happening on the outside. Just a little side note there for you. Um, But what's interesting is when you look at the way Judas approached Jesus, he was never in relationship with with, uh, Jesus. He approached him with the heart of what's in it for me? What am I going to get out of this? How can I elevate my status with this guy? Because, hey, he's pretty popular. You know, how can, I, how can I position myself? See, we take on that same position. And I also think Judas thought, and this is the one point that really got me when the Lord showed me, is I believe Judas thought he was so right, that he was so justified in betraying Jesus You know, you see this in our world today. Someone has an opinion about something and they believe they are so right that there's nobody else on this earth that could possibly be more right than they are. And I believe Judas thought he was so right in what he was doing. Because, you know, his heart was, how is this going to serve me? What's in it for me? How can I elevate my status? What can I get from this? It comes back to, do I have a heart to serve or a heart that needs to be served? We do the same thing. We, we, um, we position ourselves with maybe certain friend groups like how is this going to elevate me or, or um, what's in it for me if I, if I get into this organization or how am I going to look better if I do this or I do that. We do the same thing. It's just a little bit more subtle. And I want to tell you one of the things the Lord showed me is that every time we take on that, that heart that it needs to be served by the world, it's going to crowd out our listening heart every single time. And it becomes a mindset that to be so right, we can't possibly be wrong. Or it becomes that I'm just so wrong, I can't possibly get anything right. And let me tell you, a mindset is something that you put on, so, which means it can be easily taken off. A mindset is not something you're born with, it's not something you're wired with, it's something that you put on, which can easily be taken off with the help of the Word of God. We adopt extreme mindsets because we live in an extreme world, and the world demands you need to have an opinion, you need to take a stand, you need to have an opinion about something, and that is not from God. Proverbs 3, if you want to turn into your uh, Bibles, Proverbs 3, 5 says, Lean not on your own understanding." Why? Why do you think God tells us lean not on our own understanding? Because we're prone to deception in this world. He goes on to say, in all your ways, acknowledge him. What if I said it like this? In all your decisions, invite God in. Stay listening. Don't assume that you have it all together. Don't assume that you have to figure it all out on your own. Or I love the way the passion reads uh, the specific scripture. It says, "Hang on. Now I can't find where I am." Proverbs thirty-five. Ah, trust in the Lord completely, and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on Him to guide you, and He will lead you in every decision that you make. Because knowing it all or assuming it's all up to you are actually contrary to the word of God. And, and it means it's contrary to hearing the voice of God. It, it actually creates a more hostile environment in your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. It's not because God says you're not smart. Um, you're a loser. That's not what the Lord is saying. He's saying you're going to be deceived in this world and you can't do it alone. We are, we are uh, wired to be dependent on him codependent on everything we do. And, and when, we don't, it sets, when we don't invite God into every single decision that we're making in our life, it sets us up to be in conflict with his word. Um, an example of this would be raising kids. I, I don't know the perfect way to raise kids. You know? I mean, if you have a teenager right now, God bless you. Come see Caroline Chibot and I. We can share stories. Um, I don't know. The way I don't know what's right. I, I have the Bible. I can navigate my heart and, and my morals and, and my standards. But at the same time, when you're trying to engage a child and, and, and raise them up, I rely consistently on God. And I always remind God, you know, they're your kids, not mine. <laughs> so you need to give me strategy for dealing with your kids because right now I just want to spank somebody and I can't spank a 16-year-old. Um, that I'm working. so I constantly rely on the Lord Lord I need your wisdom for this I'm not going to lean on my own understanding and I'm certainly not going to lean on social media's understanding I want to rely on him I want to invite him into every single decision I want to co-partner and co-labor with God I want to take y'all to Matthew 13 because I think Jesus does as always an amazing job of of describing the, the condition of our hearts. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation, and by the way, we reference the Passion Translation quite a bit, and if you don't have it, put it on your Christmas list, put it on your birthday list. It is such a powerful translation of God's Word. It is passionate, it is beautiful, it is rich, and I feel like in my own life, it has created uh, capacity and depth in me of understanding the Word that I, I, I didn't even think I could, I could grasp. Um, Matthew 13, and I'm going to read in verse 12, but, but just a little uh, previous story on this. is This is after Jesus is talking about the parable of the soils. And the soils, as you know, is the condition of our hearts. So the disciples are like, what? we don't understand what you're saying. We don't, we don't get it. And he says in verse 12, for everyone who listens with an open heart will receive progressively more revelation until he has more than enough. But those who don't listen with an open, teachable heart, even the understanding that they think they have, it will be taken from this. I, I want to I really highlight this. He does not say an open mind. Okay, Our culture says open mind. We don't have an open mind. We have the mind of Christ. It's very different. An open mind is open to every single thing the world says, does, influences, any wishy-washy way thing that comes your way. That's an open mind, and we don't have that. We have the mind of Christ, and we have open hearts to the word of God. It's very different. So, going down to verse uh, 14, he says, Although they listen carefully to everything I speak, they don't understand a thing I say. They look and pretend to see, but the eyes of their hearts are closed. Their minds are dull and slow to perceive. Their ears are plugged and are hard of hearing, and they have deliberately shut their eyes to the truth. Otherwise, they would open their eyes to see and open their ears to hear and open their minds to understand. Then they would turn to me and let me instantly, instantly heal them. When I approach the word of God, like, you know, because I hear this all the time. Well, I can't read the word of God or I can't, I can't understand when I'm approaching it. Like, well, I've got to read the word of God. Well, I can, what can I possibly learn today? Well, i got to get this done. i got to get this done fast. I can't read scripture. I've already closed off a listening heart. That's, that's, that's one approach to it. The other approach could be, God, I want to connect with you. Lord, I don't always understand your word, but teach me your ways. Help me develop an open heart. Help me develop my mind that can really read and, and receive your word, Father God. These are two different positions of our heart. One says, can't possibly do it, don't have time. And I think that is such a lie. The other one says, God, I, I want to connect with you. Even though I may have a hard time with this, I want to connect with you. One's, one is a heart that wants to connect. The other one is like, don't want to do it. I'm going to be shut off. This is a burden. It's just a pain. Don't want to. And when we say to the Lord, no matter how long it takes, Lord, I want... To get in your word. I want to connect with you. I want to feel your presence. God loves that. Because if you were here last week. And you heard Deborah talk about how God loves process. We are all in process. Which means when we begin to seek him. No matter how long it takes to get breakthrough. No matter how long it takes to to get the healing. We're just going to keep going after him. And we're not going to get distracted. I was talking with my son on Sunday. Driving back to San Antonio. We had three hours in the car. Just the two of us. He's (laughs) trapped. He's trapped. And so we're talking about life. We're talking about the the stresses of life, things that were going on. And we're talking about processing with someone outside of me because I don't always have all the answers. Praise the Lord. And he said, you know, Mom, I've done that. It didn't didn't really help. And I said, yeah, you you went one time and it didn't really help. I said, let me ask you something. I said, if you had a, a broken leg and you went to the doctor, what would they do? He's like, well, they take an x-ray. And I was like, they take an x-ray. So they figure out, think about your heart. They figure out what's going on, okay? And then what would happen? He's like, well, you probably put it in a cast. And I said, for how long? Like a day? He said, no, probably, you know, six to eight weeks. And I said, wow, okay. And then what would happen after the cast? He's like, well, I mean, Richard broke his leg in two places, so he knows all this too. Then you have to wear a brace. And he goes, it takes about three to four months because then your leg's shrunk and you can't, you know, everything's weak. And I said, so why is it? That we think in order to heal our hearts, it's going to happen like this one time. And when we don't, we give up. We all carry a lifetime of, of wounds and pain. Why is it we think, okay, it's just got to happen like that. It's just got to happen like that. And, and it's the last thing we want to take care of. But y'all, if you had a broken leg, you'd go to the doctor. You'd get it casted. You'd take care of it. You'd go to rehab. You would baby that thing. You would love on that leg because you want it to work again. But instead we walk around as wounded Christians and we're just, we're crippled. And we can't really hear God and we're frustrated and we're inconvenienced and we're irritated and we're just deflated because you know what? We think it's supposed to be instant and it's not. God will instantly heal you when you have a listening heart. Because when you have a listening heart, then you're able to say, God, what are you saying about this? I am sure there are people all over America that woke up today and were disappointed about the elections. I'm sure, and they're going, oh my gosh, Every, and I, I, I'm so glad the elections are over because I'm so tired of hearing the rhetoric, and I want to tell you something, as Christians, you elected Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, so we don't need to worry about this. We pray into our government, we, we bless them, and we go on. We don't need to get wounded and distracted by all this stuff going on around us. Sorry, I just went off on a tangent, felt like saying that. Um, felt good. Amen. What... Well, <laughs> Amen. And um, what I was explaining to Richard is that we are so busy submitting ourselves to everything else other than Jesus Christ. We're so busy submitting ourselves to the world without giving God a second thought. That's why our minds are dull and slow to perceive. It's like a bad diet of junk food and enchiladas. My pipes are going to get clogged eventually. <laughs> My pipes are going to get clogged. What are you feeding your mind? What conversations are you leaning your ear to? What do you believe is true? Is it Netflix or Fox News or CNN or what are you believing is true? And I'm challenging you. I'm asking you to ask yourself these questions beyond just sitting here today. What am I believing is true? His word or the world? What are you allowing to dictate your perception? I love it when the kids are like, "Oh yeah, I saw this on Instagram," and it said, "da da da." I'm like, "Well, who told you that?" Well, so and so on Instagram. I'm like, and you think that's true? Yeah. No, no. Just because you see it doesn't mean it's true. A friend of mine and I were talking uh, this morning. I, I call her in the mornings when I go for a walk a lot of times, and. Um, I said, you know, people have lost the art of thinking for (laughs) themselves. You know, they they get on social media, they see something click, like, go on. They've lost the art of of the silent reflection of stopping and saying, is this true? Is this truth? What is this? We kind of just, we like that instant gratification. You know, the makers of social media, they made it to be like a slot machine, That it would just as you pull down and it pops up and it has this instant gratification. They knew exactly what they were doing. And so we just sit there for hours, you know, playing on our slot machine of social media and not really realizing we're not thinking for ourselves. And that's how our hearts become calloused. Because we submit to the world and not God. By submission, I mean to enter into something blindly, without question, without inviting God to be part of it. Of what we're doing. That's what submission is. When I enter into something blindly. Last year my husband and I. Went to. um, Las Vegas. Because our niece is a barrel racer. And she was in the rodeo finals. Which is out there. And let me just tell you. That is like the last place I want to be. Is Las Vegas. (laughs) And but you know. My husband being an ex bull rider. um, We are going. And we're going to go support our niece. It's a really big deal be back again this year. But I didn't go into Las Vegas blindly. I said, alright, Lord, show me. Let's get some strategy for this. So the entire time I'm there, I'm inviting God to be part of it. We get into our hotel room, I put the worship music on, My I was like, what are you doing? It's like, I am getting the worship music on, I am cleansing this room, I don't know what's left in here, but I don't want anything of it. It's like, oh, honey, come on, look at this view, it's beautiful, you can see all Vegas, and I'm going... And he goes, all right, honey, that's that's what makes you feel good. Then put your worship music on. And I'm praying, you know, every time we leave somewhere, I'm I'm praying, I'm cutting us free. I mean, he's so used to it by now. Um, But I didn't enter into it blindly. That's what I'm trying to tell y'all. It's kind of like sometimes if you have a friend or you go to a movie, you go to the movie and it's more violent than you expected or it's more sexually explicit and you leave there and you feel slimed because you submitted yourself blindly into something. God really wants to be into every single detail of our life. There is not any place that he doesn't want to be. Um, when, we don't, when we don't invite him in and we are submitting, that is not wisdom. That is not wisdom when we don't ask him. When we submit ourselves to the world, that is not wisdom and it's not faith. And, and on a side note of faith, and this really isn't a side note, I think this is extremely important that you understand that faith is not a belief. Even the demons believe in Jesus. Faith is not a concept. Faith is a current that runs straight from the kingdom of heaven into you. It is tangible. It is obtainable. The word says we have faith, which means it is something we grasp. We hold on to it. It is not something I have to ever build up, work up, believe up in my life. And when I don't feel that I have that faith running through me for a situation, God showed me this in 2017, it was a very hard year of my life. He said, use my faith. So what I say is, God, I don't have faith for this situation, but I believe in your faith for this. And the minute I say that, here comes the faith. Here comes the faith. It is tangible. It is obtainable. It is not a belief. It is not a concept. It is straight from the throne room through each and every one of us. You use it, you wield it, it is our fuel. It's like a car. You know, you need gas to move. You need faith. It's your fuel to move in and out of this world. I believe the level of faith that we carry is determined by the small details of our lives. I want you to take a typical day. The word of God says, arise and shine. But do we get up and gripe? That alarm goes off. For me, it was 4.30. I knew I wanted to get up. I wanted to work on this. Do I arise and shine? Or am I getting up and griping? It seems like a small decision. But it sets the course for your entire day. Shine means to stand and allow him to shine through you. It is conditioning for the bigger race. It is in the field of little things that we are prepared and trained for the big. It sets us up to continually experience God and keep our hearts in a posture to hear. I want to give you an example of of this. The other weekend I was up visiting my daughter and she's living in a house with some friends up in college. And her bedroom, right outside her bedroom is the laundry room. And the laundry room doors are doors that open up like this. And so... Every time someone goes in to do laundry, they never shut the door. So in other words, when Georgia opens up her door, there's an open, you know, it's like hitting a, a door right there. And, and so we were kind of in and out that day, and I kept watching her getting really frustrated, slamming the doors, and just, you know, it was just really working her over. And I said, I said, hey, G, I, I call her G, I said, hey, G, um, you mind if I give you a suggestion? about this and she goes no i mean she's so irritating it's just so irritating and i said well i said yeah i said but what if you tried this i said what if every time you walked out your door and those laundry doors are open you said god thank you that these doors are divine opportunity for me every single day every time these doors are open it means you are opening doors in my life for me lord i just bless this house and she kind of looked at me and i said you know because what's happening, Georgia?" is the enemy wants to create a platform of irritation in your day so that your entire day is wired to be irritated and frustrated. See, it's in the field of little things that you are prepared for the big. And by the time the end of the day comes, you don't have any faith because you're irritated and you're frustrated. And she said, okay, Mom, I'm going to try that. And I said, good, and you just tell me how miraculous your life is going to be because God's going to honor that. He knows it's irritating. He knows it's frustrating. You know, in Genesis 3.1, it says the serpent was the most subtle of all the beasts. The serpent was the most crafty. So, y'all, it doesn't mean that the enemy always pops up like a big, scary demon and we go, ah, that's the enemy. No, it is subtle. The deception is so subtle. And it starts with our irritations and our inconveniences and our flat tires or our uh, over piles of laundry or our dirty kitchens or our snarky teenagers or our, our messy coworkers, whatever it is. Because what happens then, the enemy can distract you and derail you. And you, and you live with this, that, that thing of, well, I just can't get a break. That just, you know, I don't know. I, Jesus never said that. So, But our culture says, oh, I just can't get a break. I just can't get a break. It's just, you know, nothing's ever going to go my way. I just can't get a break. And, and your faith gauge is empty. And I want to tell you something. When the big bad things do hit, you don't have any faith to fight it. You're exhausted and already angry with God because everything's irritated you along the way. And Christianity is not immunity. We will have challenges. All of us. It doesn't matter if you're Christian or not. You are going to be challenged in this lifetime. You know, the world comes at us in another way, too, in the fact that the world wants us to pick a side or take a stand on earthly matters and condemn and criticize everyone else along the way. And this is not about human rights. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about opinions. You've all seen them. But the Lord says, stand in me. And when we stand in God and we refuse to uh, criticize and condemn other people, then there we are positioned to move from revelation versus reaction to the world around us. The enemy wants to get you offended because when he can get you offended or you will start taking up offense, then he can subvert you. And by subversion, I mean what he does is he undermines God's power and authority in you. And then you will settle because you will be unsettled and you will be offended and you will be destabilized and you will not be able to find the peace of God within. And you will compromise your heart. Y'all, we're all going to get offended Okay, let's just let's just get that out on the table right now. Every single one of us in this room is going to get offended. It may happen. I may be offending some people right now. I don't know. Um, You may leave here and get offended. Everyone's going to get offended. But the difference is, are we going to live with offense? Are we going to make offense our roommate? Or are we going to have a listening heart that says, you know what, God? Not really happy with what happened. It hurt. Didn't like that. But God, what are you saying about this? Or are we going to text someone, hey, pray for me, I I just want to get clarity on this, just got a little derailed. Or are we just going to say, you know what, that person's bad, I'm going to just be the repeat offended and constantly be offended by everyone. We can't live in power from that place. When we begin to um, harbor offense, it's the, it's the, the door the enemy uses to shut our hearts down. Because we start to idolize ourselves and we start to move into self protection and self preservation and we look down on others because we're always needing to console ourselves. How easily are you offended? A calloused heart will demand, You can't do that. You're bad. A listening heart is going to say, I may be hurt by what's happened, but God, what are you saying? God, what are you doing? We can see offense as an opportunity for God to move. Several years ago, I had um, a dream. And in the dream, I was walking in the snow, and I remember I just fell straight through the snow. And I remember being able to grab onto the ladder, but it was the last rung of the ladder. And I couldn't pull myself up. And I remember I was, I was moving my feet this way. For some reason, I could move my feet, and I found some resistance. And when I found that resistance, I was able to launch myself up and out. And the next morning, I was asking the Lord about that dream, and he says... Every encounter with resistance is an opportunity to launch yourself. Every time you encounter resistance, it is an opportunity to launch yourself. See, we think resistance means retreat, give up, go away, just forget it, can't get a break. And the Lord's like, every time you encounter resistance, it's an opportunity to launch yourself, which is absolutely contrary to our culture because our culture idolizes comfort. Our culture idolizes comfort. It's, it's not okay to be uncomfortable. Fix it. Hurry. Get out of it. And so we never consult the Lord about it. We just, we just want the pain to stop. We numb out. We shut down. Whatever it is. We don't forgive. We're not guaranteed an easy road, but we are guaranteed a road of righteousness, a path with the Lord. It will be challenging, but we walk with the one. I love the scripture that Deborah read, John 17, 20 through 23, about how Jesus is saying we would walk as one. We would be as one. Because when we are one with the Lord, we will not lean on our own understanding. We will be able to acknowledge him in all our ways. Let's not become the repeat offended that we're so wounded and fragile that we don't know how to arise and shine. All we do is run and hide. The world is is waiting for the real Jesus to be revealed in each and every one of our hearts. Let's stop depleting our faith and giving fear a stage in our hearts. Let's begin to not only experience the fullness of God, but share the fullness of God. John 3.30, John the Baptist makes a very, very important statement that I believe needs to be one of our core foundations beliefs. He says, he must increase. He's talking about Jesus. He must increase. I must decrease. That is not a feel good. That's not a scripture to just toss around. It is the Lord is saying, yes. We have to believe that for ourselves. Jesus, you must increase in me, which means I must decrease, which means every time I get offended, I'm going to work this out with you. We're not, that doesn't say we're never going to encounter situations that might frighten us or make us sad or trigger us. That is going to happen. But it is our response that will reveal the condition of our hearts. Knowing the goodness of God is instinctive in all of us. In all of mankind, knowing the goodness of God is instinctive to all of us. Which means anything that leads you in opposition to that, whether it be a thought, a situation, a conversation, is learned behavior and it can be unlearned. Which means it can be unlearned right now by the word of God, by prayer, by kingdom community, by whoever you're surrounding yourself with. I've never met anyone that didn't want to hear the voice of God. If anything, people are angry because they think God is ignoring them or because no one's taught them how to have a listening heart. So they they just feel like, well, there's no way they can hear. So they just they just give up. Um, Many people believe that if they do have a listening heart, that means they have a soft heart that people are going to run over me or I won't be protected. So um, because, you know, I need to be I need to I need to hold on to unforgiveness because that's what's protecting me or I'm going to be deceived So I need to be judgmental in order to be alert to people's schemes. Or I won't be any good at hearing God, so it's not worth trying. And that's not true. With a listening heart, you will have discernment from the Lord on whom to trust or not trust. With a listening heart, he will protect you and guide you. With a listening heart, he will give you wisdom for the circumstances you face. And with a listening heart, he will deposit his value into you, strengthening you, and calling out his treasure in you. Be aware of the irritations and the inconveniences in life, because they breed a callous heart. And I'm going to give you an example from my own life that happened last week. I, um, because <clears throat> you think, wow, Ashley, you're up here, you're living this like you don't ever have this. Oh, yeah, this was, this is interesting. I had a jury duty notice, and it was on a Monday and Monday is my work day. It's my get everything done. Like when when I have to do something on a Monday, it kind of like re, it derails my whole week. And I am so inconvenienced by this jury duty notice. I, I am so irritated, and I'm so irritated that I put Debbie and Deborah on a text. I'm like, y'all got to pray me out of this. Like I I got a immediate business meeting tomorrow. I got to prepare for. I, I cannot do that. And Debbie. Text me back. She's like, Well, ask Jesus who needs to smile today. I'm like, No, no, I'm not going to ask Jesus who needs to smile today it's jury duty. I'm sorry. I want to get in, I want to get out. Um, but I'll smile. But I'm just thinking, No, no, not. And so, you know, I've got, so there's 600 of us and they go through all these rounds. You know, if you've ever, anyone ever done jury duty and you're down in this dungeon, there's no uh, natural light, there's no fresh air. I'm dying. Um, I feel like I just need an oxygen mask. I'm just, you know, I'm just going, oh my gosh, and you're waiting. And then they call like 50 people and 50 people leave. And then you go through another round. And I mean, this is going on and on. It's lunchtime. I think I've got to get fresh air. I've got to get out of here. I go up. I walk across the street to the cathedral. I sit out in the sun. I'm like, Lord, I need to get out of this. I go back. I'm still in this whole thing. And then out of the 50 people left in the room, finally we get to go home at three. And I mean, freedom never felt so good. And so I'm like, hallelujah, your prayers work. Thank you, Debbie and Deborah, who also keep me laughing through this whole day. And and two days later, the Lord showed me my assignment. I missed it. I missed what he wanted me to do because I was so irritated and so inconvenienced. And when he showed me my assignment, I cried. And I said, God, I'm so sorry. And I said, I'm going to go back. And I went back. On Thursday, I went back and I carried out exactly what he had wanted me to do. And um, I was right on time. Thank God in his mercy that he allows us to mess up or miss things. We never miss things on God's time. We never can miss anything on God's time. Just know that right now. In his mercy, he will make all things work for his good, for your good. But my irritation, my my feeling of being inconvenienced calloused my heart where I didn't want to hear. I didn't want to receive. You know the signs of a calloused heart are greed. What's in it for me? Pride or arrogance. That where we we bend the word of God to fit our fancy. It's powered by bitterness and pain and woundedness. It's powered by don't let your guard down. Build your walls. And what happens is we can't even let Jesus into that. I want to wrap up with this before we... um, go into our activation on Luke 18.8. I think Jesus asked the most important question to all mankind in the Bible. I'm going to read that. It says, Luke 18.8, God will give swift justice to those who don't give up. So be ever praying, ever expecting, just like the widow was with the judge. Yet when the Son of Man comes back, when Jesus comes back, Will he find this kind of persistent faithfulness in his people? When Jesus comes back, he asks, Will I find faith on the earth? Are you willing to position your hearts to be vessels of faith? Because it's a willingness. Or do you prefer to focus on your faults, the faults of the world? Are you willing... To position your hearts to be vessels of faith. Faith, the current of the kingdom. Faith, the Holy Spirit gave me this definition for faith. Faith is the supernatural kind of matter with kingdom properties of dreams, revelations, and visions we hope for. It is the proof of things seen. Positioning our hearts to listen makes us vessels of kingdom deposits of enormous faith. Now, normally at this point we have an activation, but... um, Today we, we're gonna do something different. It's gonna activate all of you and, and, and some of you definitely are gonna get activated. Like I said, in a few days is actually my birthday and I've always wanted to champion breakthrough for other people on my birthday because I know what happened to me on my birthday many years ago I had a radical encounter with God that changed my life and put me on a completely different course. I wouldn't even be here today. Um, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna champion breakthrough for, for about five of y'all in here. I don't know who you are. God knows who you are. But we have prepared what we call baskets of goodness. And I'm going to describe a certain situation. And if that is you, if that is you, you are going to have to get over your pride. And you're going to have to raise your hand and say, that's me. I need that breakthrough. And when you do, you're going to come up here. And we're going to pray for you. And we're going to hand you something. So you got to be brave, you got to be courageous, because like I said, I don't know who it is, but God does know who it is. And we have prayed, we put a lot of time and effort into this, and I'm very excited because um, God wants breakthrough for you too. But there's one thing you got to remember about breakthrough. Something has to break down. In order for you to break through, like let's say I was going to break through this wall, what would have to happen? The wall has to come down. So in order for you to have breakthrough, the pride has to come down. The arrogance, the woundedness, the fragility, the fear has to come down. And that's part of the reason you will be able to stand up and say, you know what, that's me. Which one is that one? What? Oh, thank you. Sorry. (laughs) All right. So there's somebody in here who has physically been battling an illness, and they need breakthrough for that illness. There's someone in here who has not been able to get breakthrough for a physical illness, whatever it is. Gone back and back, and are still trying to get breakthrough for a physical illness, and they need breakthrough. Who is it? Come on. Come on. Come on up here. What's your name? <coughs> Patty Bell. Patty
0: Bell. Did I say it right? Patty Bell. Okay. Well, we want to pray over you. Are you would you let us pray over you? Yes. Um, <laughs> do you mind telling me what it is? Or if you don't want to share it, no, it you know? I don't mind. It's diabetes. Okay. And I have to of so weight. I in. And I've been battling for about 19 years. Uh, I need to get through and overcome. Yes. Yeah, heal, frankly. So, Lord, I just thank you for Patty. Though. I
1: thank you that she is like the woman who grabbed on the hem of your garment, Father God. That she said, I want this healing. So, Lord, we just... We just declare breakthrough for diabetes right now in her body, Father God. I just thank you if there is any mixed-up signals, if there is any, um, anything going on in her body that is not of you, that you would rewire her body right now in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, Father God, that, that she is covered in your blood. I thank you that the blood of Jesus runs from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet, cleansing every organ, every system. Every part of her being right now in Jesus mighty name. We just declare breakthrough for her. We believe in it and we thank you, Father God, for her courage to come forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you. A wow. yeah. <laughs> okay. The next one is someone in here needs a breakthrough in their marriage. They have been in a hard place. They have prayed. They have prayed, and they have prayed, and they are still not seeing breakthrough in their marriage. And they need a breakthrough in their marriage.
0: Just with me, girls. <laughs> hey.
1: her marriage fully restored. And Lord, we just release your angels right now over this marriage, over this covenant, Father God. I thank you that you have not missed one detail, Lord. I thank you that you are orchestrating goodness, not only in her, but in her husband, Lord God. And I thank you that every stronghold of darkness is being broken right now. And we just release unity. And glory in her home. I just thank you that the heart of John seventeen twenty three oneness with you, Lord, not only resonates in her heart, but the heart of her husband. In Jesus name, Amen. And I bless your marriage
0: to just come into alignment. Yes. With the design of God for marriage, Amen. The design of God, the blueprint of God, that your marriage, your hearts, your minds, your belief systems, emotions, both of you come into alignment with that picture. That God has for marriage. In the name of Jesus. Breakthrough.
1: Right You're welcome. I want to hear about the miracles, so that's going to be the best part. Okay, so the next one is there's a single mom in here who feels like she's having to do it all alone. Doesn't feel like there's anyone that she can rely on. There's a single mom in here right now that it is scary when she looks out into the future for resources, for provision. There's a, Who is it? There's a single mom in here that needs a touch from God, that needs to know God sees and that you're not alone.
0: Come on. Come on, August.
1: August, we love you so much. We just stand with you as a community, that we are doing this together as a community. I thank you that fear has no place in your home but in your heart. And I thank you that um, your children are warriors for the kingdom of God. I thank you that every provision you will need not only now but in the future will be there. I thank you that you will feel his presence in your home, that you will know that you and God are co-parenting together. I thank you that the word of God says he is the father to the fatherless. So I just thank you, Father God, that right now you are moving in in such a mighty way in her home, around her children, around all that they do, in Jesus' mighty name.
0: Every resource, financial, emotional, energy, physical, every resource is provided abundantly in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: for someone in here that emotionally needs a breakthrough. I don't know if you've been battling anxiety. I don't know if you've been battling depression. Whatever it is, you emotionally are needing a breakthrough, and it could even be addiction. There's someone in here that really, really needs an emotional breakthrough, needs to have those walls broken down. Hey, She with the mind of christ i thank you father god that every pattern in her brain is set on the cross i just released the resurrection power of the cross in her mind in her body lord i thank you that you're rewiring everything lord i thank you that you are teaching her how to capture every thought and hold it up to the light and power of jesus christ i thank you that um even as she sleeps, Father God, you are singing over her. You are instructing her heart, Lord. And that you are giving her a voice to rise up, to praise you, to worship you, Lord. I thank you that as she leaves here today, she's going to be given new lenses. That the ways that she used to see the world, that is, that is bygone. That is not how things are now. She is going to walk out of here with kingdom lenses. I thank you that the scales fall off today. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Last one. There is someone in here who needs financial breakthrough. That is scraping by to get ends meet. It's becoming. A, it's very been a very difficult season financially. Things are are not fleshing out as you thought they would, and you need God's provision right now. Who needs financial breakthrough? Don't hold back. Come on, come on, Julia. Come on, Julia. Come on. Uh, I have to say on our team there were only only the five or six of us knew we were doing this. So this is I mean, whoever is here is here, there are only six of us that knew we were putting these baskets together. So I'm so grateful that it's going to you. It's made Oh, Julia, we bless you, we bless your your missionary heart. We just thank you that you you so beautifully just just stretch out your arms and, and, and reach the world with your beautiful heart for Jesus Christ. And, Lord, we just bless Julia and Tony, Lord. We just thank you that this is the beginning of financial provision pouring into their home, Father God, that you would just give them more and more and more to be able uh, to take more territory for Jesus, Father God. I thank you that... That today starts the day where they're no longer going to be worried about this or that, Lord. I thank you that making ends meet. Is, is They're going to have more ends than they're going to even know what to do with, Father God. So we just bless their hands, their words, their eyes, their home in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. What a beautiful day, y'all. That, that, that's it. Um, I want to pray over y'all before we leave. Father God, I just thank you for the women who so courageously and and amazingly get here every single week. I thank you for the new ones that showed up today, Lord. I thank you for the way that you consistently are helping us go from glory to glory, the way that you are teaching us. And Lord, I just release an anointing for every single woman and their family and their friends to have listening hearts, Father God. I thank you that you are raising our awareness to how magnificent you truly are, how majestic you truly are, how, how you truly want to be in the details of our lives. So right now I bind up that voice that's saying, oh God wouldn't want to worry about this, oh I don't want to bother God with that. I thank you God that you want us to 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 hearken to you for every single thing. I thank you that there is a, a spirit of friendship with the Lord in this room right now falling on every single person in here. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. We'll see you all next week. Bless you.